0: Hi everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say? A podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Dr.
1: Wignill. The uh, classic template for a therapy session. Um, I think most people have the impression that that's a pretty intense setting, right? I mean, they come into your office, they sit down, they kind of bare their soul to you. You respond appropriately and and help them uh, deal with whatever they're dealing with. Yeah. Right? Have you ever had an instance where in that hour with a patient, things have gone strangely, oddly wrong?
0: (laughs) (laughs) In a Uh, humorous way
1: (laughs) or in a very strange way?
0: Um. Uh, humorous would probably depend on who you're asking. Um, <laughs> I certainly have some embarrassing moments. <laughs> put, put, that's
1: what I'm after. That's what I'm after. Share with me.
0: So, the, you know, the first one that comes to mind is when I was a very young and inexperienced trainee, one of my, this was probably in my first 20 therapy sessions ever. You know, it was probably, it was like really early on as soon as I started doing therapy. You're a baby. Rookie, total baby. Um, and I was, it was uh, Was in Dallas, it was the, it was the middle of summer. Um, felt fine. Uh, walked into the therapy room with my client and sat down, we started talking. And it was about, um, I think it was about halfway through the session and I, um, I should take a little pause here. Do, when you were a little kid, do you remember being taught how to, how to cover your nose when you sneeze? <laughs> do you remember someone <laughs> teaching you this? Yeah, I I Like someone vaguely. telling you put your hand over your... I mean, nose. super
1: vaguely. I don't remember the moment, but this has made me excited for this story.
0: So I remember distinctly being taught that, you know, when you sneeze, cover your nose. Like that's the phrase I have in my head, cover your nose. And to me, when people did, they what they always did was they put their hand over their nose. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. But apparently this was misinformation because as I got older, I, I learned that the preferred method is that you actually, you, you sort of tuck your head down sideways into your, the backside of your elbow. Mm-hmm. You the know? vampire cough. Oh, the vampire. Yeah, I didn't this know This is what they teach term. kids now. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, clearly this was after my time. Right, right, I, right. I, I was not privy to this wisdom. Right. So I learned um, that you do the hand method, but clearly the, the vampire sneeze is is the preferred method.
1: So, And you were taught put your hand over your nose, not your mouth?
0: Well, both. Oh, okay. sort of cut okay. both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. Kind of, um, I have big hands, so I can, yeah. I can pull that off. Yeah. Um, but late, later in life, I learned, no, I got to st- change this. I got to start, you know, sneezing into my elbow or the, the backside of my elbow anyway.
1: Better strategy.
0: Yeah. Well, I thought. So I'm about 20 minutes into this therapy session. I'm not sick. You know, no cold, no nothing, not feeling congested, no allergies. I never got allergies. Um, and I, I feel a sneeze coming on. And I, I put a little finger up and I say, excuse me. And I, you know, tuck over to the side and sneeze into my the backside of my elbow. There should be a name for that part of your arm. What, what is the name of that? The, you know, the inside of your elbow. Your elbow's the outside. What's that That's What's little...
1: the appendis dorsal skin area? Appendis dorsal yeah, skin area? yes. Right, okay.
0: <laughs> so I sneeze into the appendis dorsal <laughs> sneeze <area. laughs> And apparently everything goes to plan. Feels like a normal sneeze. <laughs> I pull my head out of my little um, lower armpit Mm -hmm. and as I do, I feel this giant wad of snot fall down (laughs) my my lip, over my mouth and onto my chin. I mean, this thing must be enormous because I can feel it covering so much surface area on my face. For those of you
1: who aren't watching, (laughs) Nick's reenactment of this. It's amazing. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> There's not a whole lot more to the story.
1: <laughs> How did you recover from this?
0: I, I think I probably looked like a deer in the headlights <laughs> and put my, okay, no, there is more to the story, actually, now that I think about yeah. it. I, I put my hand over my face, obviously, right. to hide, right. and I, I remember the feeling like, okay, what do I do here? Do I try and like wipe it off uh, with my <laughs> fingers and like get it out of there and then kind of, I don't know, put it in my pocket or something? <laughs> I decide, no, that's silly. I can't do that. Um, so I look around for Kleenex. Of course, the one time I have a giant booger explosion, there are no cle- there's no nah, Kleenex yeah, in, yeah. The, in, the session, in the room. You know? <laughs> so I've still got my hand over my face and I kind of muffle out some oh, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> and I awkwardly shuffle out of my um, my therapy room and find a box of Kleenex. You just food. had to leave
1: the room and handle it.
0: And I come back in, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I said something like, "I'm so sorry about that." And the my client, poor thing, she was just like so whatever that emotion is where you're like it's like empathy embarrassment yeah. where you're like really embarrassed for yeah. someone else where and and you it, don't even want to
1: acknowledge what happened.
0: Yeah. And it, it, it weirdly, it feels just as bad as your own embarrassment, <laughs> <Right>. you know? <laughs> right. And she was just <laughs> mortified. <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just kind of tried to carry on and, um, we just ended and never spoke of that again. And, uh, So that was certainly one of the most embarrassing moments in therapy I ever had. She came back to therapy? She did come back. Okay,
1: okay, good. Wow. I'm reminded of the the episode we did about what if my therapist is a weirdo?
0: (laughs) That might have qualified me.
1: I might have said, wow, I don't know about this. But it's one of those things you can't control. You had no way of preparing for that.
0: Well, here's the thing. If I hadn't been seduced by the vampire sneeze pose, I probably would have sneezed into my hand. Yeah. If it had been in my hand, I would have felt the enormous yeah. wad of yeah. boogers. Yeah. And I would have left my hand there. So at least she wouldn't have seen She it wouldn't have known. All over my face. So are you
1: saying the vampire cough is not, I think it's a cough. Vampire cough. I don't think you, I don't know that you're supposed to, maybe you're supposed to sneeze into your.
0: I mean, it's the same. You're, you're, you're shooting you know. viruses out one way or another, whether so. it's your nose, or your mouth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, just let that be a lesson to to all you people out there. Mm. And, um, you know, we're just trying to help here, and I, I'm not I'm not saying one thing or the other, but think about it. You yeah. know, pros and cons.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow, you started us off with uh,
0: a doozy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> 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 my you, you my stomach's anything? a little
1: sensitive right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a couple of mine have come at the. Um, At the expense of that, I like I I drink a lot of fluids, water, tea, water, tea, coffee, Um, and on one occasion, I'll often you know put my cup on the floor because I have a a chair that's fairly low, um, and I'll kind of put my cup on the floor beside me. And at one point during a session, I reach down and grab my cup by the lid. You know, it was like a soda, I believe, or something that had a lid on it. And as I'm bringing it up across my lap, the lid just pops <laughs> off and I drop an entire <laughs> cup of soda like in my lap. And to the point where it just like explodes, you know, once it hits my lap, it like explodes all over my chest and pants and and my client's just looking at me like what the hell just happened? <laughs> I, I'm like, "Oh my god, you know, I've got you know, this drink all over me. That was a fun one.
0: That's, that was what, really, well, what'd you do? How'd you recover? Oh, I had to get up and did like, did you just pretend like nothing happened? and carry <laughs> Yeah.
1: On? Yeah. I tried to quietly excuse myself. from the. No, it was hilarious. You know, my client starts laughing. I'm laughing oh, that's good. and embarrassed, you know, and, um, yeah, it went, it went okay. It wasn't awful, but it was really embarrassing and pretty funny.
0: Hot coffee would have been awful.
1: Yeah. I, I've done the coffee thing. Really? Because in a coffee cup, like from Starbucks, there's the little hole that you're drinking the coffee out of. Mm. If though you're mid drink and you decide to say something and you quickly put that drink down, you can create this current and it pops back up through that hole and there's like creates a little mini geyser up through the lid. And that's happened to me. Where like mid drink. I'm like, hey, I have got the perfect thing to say. I quickly take the coffee cup down, <laughs> Can't create <wait>. the geyser, <laughs> and then I'm just again. I need a raincoat in my therapy session because I'm covered in coffee at this point.
0: Wait, wait so when you spilled soda <clears throat> all over yourself, um, <laughs> yeah. do you, do you have like a do you have like a backup wardrobe in your closet, or like what what did you, did you just put paper towels all over you? Or how, how, yeah, you I think
1: I cleaned off with pa- some paper towels real quick. You know, you you don't want to. I'm trying not to take away too much. Well, I told myself anyway in my mind I didn't want to take away too much time from my patient, but really I'm just super embarrassed and want to get past it. Yeah. Um I don't drink sodas anymore in work. <laughs> from that kind of cup. Um and I think I'm sure probably at lunch I ran home and changed. Um, because it was it was noticeable. <laughs> very, very noticeable that I'd stained. <laughs> My shirt, brown, you know, with soda, Um, and and our coffee, and so, yeah, and and actually, in my office, I do keep a spare shirt usually because I'm prone to.
0: I've probably thought about that twenty times. Like I should have a backup outfit in my office or never never brought it. I never do it. You have a closet in your office; it'd be perfect. There's some sort of weird psychological block here. (laughs) (laughs) Just not doing (laughs) it.
1: Well. You know, it, it happens a lot. The other really funny moment I had, though, was I'm, I'm having this therapy session, and I've got this fluorescent light above um, on the ceiling. And it's, it's just right in between my client and I. And we're having this really intense moment, and all of a sudden this stream of water comes through the fluorescent light. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not kidding, like six to ten inches away from my client's face. And it's splattering onto the coffee table in front of them. And both of us are just kind of like, what in the world is just happening? You know, we look up at this fluorescent light that's now full of water. The The roof in the building I was working in at the time had a leak. And this fluorescent light had collected it for as long as it could. And then it just started kind of pouring out. Mm-hmm. It was a really awkward moment. <laughs> and it couldn't have come at like the worst time because it was this really kind of painful moment for this client and all of a sudden this rather large stream of water. Mm. What'd you say?
0: What do you say after that? Did you apologize for the roof? Oh Did
1: yeah, you? yeah. You're like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. I don't know what this is, you know? And and we hold, hold that thought. Yeah, hold, hold that hold, really hold, intense hold emotional thought. <laughs> oh, it was it was horrible, but it's like splashing everywhere, you know. It was it was yeah. It was it was really pretty wow. awkward. Yeah. Wow. And I mean both of us were able to look back at it later and laugh. But I think at the moment I was mortified and embarrassed, you know. And um, I'm sure they were put off because, yeah, it couldn't have come at a worse time.
0: This makes me think of a um, something I've learned over time, slowly, as a therapist. But it, it's common when, when you go to get a client from the waiting room and there, there's this kind of short walk back to your office. It, mm-hmm. It's pretty normal to, to make chit-chat. You know, you chat about the weather. Or how's your day? Sports or yeah. Yeah, how's it going, whatever. Um, and sometimes, you know, you make jokes or, you know, just it's pretty pretty light and kind of jokey sometimes but i've learned you you have to be careful with that because while most of the time that's pretty appropriate i've had a couple times when i've made some kind of really jokey like lighthearted comment Mm -hmm. and then my client comes in and says my best friend just died Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. completely breaks down yeah and and gosh you think like what could okay what could be more normal than just making a joke about, you know, local sports or or whatever. But you realize in the context of therapy, even you got to be sensitive to the fact, you got to think that, you almost have to think every day, this could be someone's worst day, Mm. you know? Um, And what can normally be, um, you know, just kind of casual banter or whatever could be really, like that could be really hard for someone to, You could be putting them in an awkward situation of like they have to kind of try and laugh and respond in kind, but they're really feeling completely awful, and you just sort of it makes it it can make it a weird situation. So, have you ever have you thought about that, or have you had any situations like that? I've I've
1: thought about that. I I I think that's hard because you could argue like, um, you know, everywhere they go that day, people will begin small talk with them. So is it really your responsibility to not do that so that, you know, just in the event that maybe this is their worst day? Um, because part of part of tragedy, grief, loss is that the world doesn't know what you're going through and can't respond in kind in those moments. And so, so, for example, you know, your client comes to therapy, they go to work, they go, you know, pick up some... Uh, groceries. Nobody is going to realize what they're going through, yeah. and so I hesitate to take too much responsibility for something like that. Does that make any sense? Yeah. And at the same time, I can recognize like you want to be uh, more neutral, you know. And and usually I'm more neutral. Um, I might ask how their day's gone my office is at the end of the hall so it's a longer walk so it would be weird not to say anything so but I try to remain somewhat neutral sometimes they'll start chatting you and and so I try to leave it up to them as much as I can but on occasion you know you do do that and I I don't want to take too much responsibility and say that I'm in charge of their emotions that day
0: oh no yeah I I think that's generally right but but the idea of neutrality like you do want to be somewhat of a I mean, you're a human being, but you want to be somewhat of a blank slate, and so just yeah. walking in the waiting room with you know your latest stand-up routine um, is maybe a little bit, a little bit much, and it, it just is one of those little moments as a as a therapist that m- makes you do a little self-reflection and go, oh wait a second, like I gotta should at least think a little bit more about this, like how I interact with people. And, Man, this was really a downer. We really took this one down a notch. From yeah, yeah, we went from somebody. Yeah, what did you do? (laughs) All right, I got an I got another uh, hilariously embarrassing one. Is it does (laughs) it does it involve bodily bodily fluids? Okay, good. good. No bodily fluids. So um, (laughs) I'm a big fan of the whiteboard in therapy. Mm -hmm. I I do a lot of a lot of diagrams, a lot of graphs, Mm a lot of a lot of pictograms, um, hieroglyphics. Sometimes no box plot. Box plots. I to this day do not understand what a box plot is. Yeah, I don't get. I think it's made up. I think someone just decided we we need five different kinds of graphs or plots, and I can only One think of four, so we're plot. just going to make a box plot. Yeah, and I don't. I think it's kind of silly. Yeah, um, when I see them, I just kind of glance. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, so no, I, I draw no box plots, okay. um, but I draw lots of things on my whiteboard um, because uh, you know pictures help. I think uh, visualizing things, especially kind of abstract things, in therapy. I'm such a
1: visual person. I end up writing drawing a lot
0: I think I think everybody's a visual but per- you know people say that like I'm a, you know I'm a really visual I think everybody's <laughs> a really visual person I don't know but wait I'm really a, a visual person no really really <laughs> a visual person really <laughs> visual <laughs> Anyway I'm up at my whiteboard a lot um, and the way my office is situated is that my whiteboard is kind of uh, it's in a corner of the office and on one side is a bookshelf and on another side is a couch it's got a pretty good the the arm is relatively flat and pretty um pretty solid so it makes a good little i can sort of draw a little something and then i can kind of perch i can sort of sit on the arm of the couch i see and kind of chat if i know that i'm going to be going back to the board really quickly and kind of making some some notes um so one time at at, you know usually i'm I'm pretty excited about my diagrams that i'm drawing you You get into therapy I, i get pretty into it yeah okay and one t- I must have just been really overcome by excitement because I got done drawing a really, must have been really insightful um, drawing for one of my clients. And I apparently completely miscalculated and just decided to sit down and missed the couch entirely <laughs> and went straight down to the floor just feet flailing everywhere hit my head like back in front ho- of the couch no like to the side to the side of the couch yeah and just totally missed it just whiffed <laughs> it <laughs> how have I not heard this story before uh, I, uh, I, it's <laughs> embarrassing man I don't like to talk about it a lot
1: <laughs> that is awesome I don't think I've ever fallen in front of a client,
0: but that's a good one. This was, Whatever the opposite of graceful is, that's that was what it. I was. It was completely <laughs> dumb. Like, <laughs> I must have looked so, so bad. How did your client and, respond to this? I mean, I feel like what happened was externally they feigned concern. Like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And internally, I feel like they were just dying with laughing. laughter yeah. just that they were able to not laugh no it was like mouth i you know that emoji with yeah. like the eyes and the mouth wide open shock yeah, yeah. that like oh my god yeah um but they, that, but they didn't laugh wrong. um they, they did because my first response was, was like the like nervous <laughs> like you dummy like and then start laughing and i think they sort of nervously started laughing along with me well, that um, is awesome Man, that was yeah. It, um, I
1: think it is funny. It, I mean, it's such an artificial kind of context, anyway. Therapy that when things happen that are goofy or silly w- that happen in everyday life, it makes it especially goofy or silly. Yeah, you know, it it really does. It's, it's a it's a really interesting atmosphere. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. I feel like it's it's good and it, it's good for me and it's good for my clients to. um to see me act like a buffoon every once in a while. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I want to be professional of course, but it's, it's good to know that we'll it's a real you're person human. sitting across from me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The kind of person who just misses the couch entirely and falls on the floor to the extent that that's normal. <laughs>
1: I've, I've got, so I, I'm a, I'm a trauma person. I love working with uh, trauma and I bought this photograph one time that um, was taken after hurricane Katrina And it's this woman who you, I mean, the expression on her face is just so intense and powerful. You can tell she is just wiped out Um, uh, emotionally, physically. She's exhausted. She's kind of laying her head um, to the side onto this cooler that happens to be near her. Um, But the, the expression on her face is just really intense. Exhaustion, shock, you know. Um, and, and, and to a trauma researcher, and knowing the context of this photograph and the photograph itself, I, I think it's beautiful. You know, it's this really um, intimate, powerful photograph. So I hung that in my office. And <laughs> I had a client, you know, who, who I'd seen for a little while. And, and finally she said, you have got to take this picture down. She's like, this is the most depressing photograph I've ever seen and every time I'm in your office and I see this photograph, I just want to cry. You know, I, this is awful. <laughs> and, and she had a good sense of humor about it, but she was like, you, you have to take this thing down. You can't do this. And so in the moment, I'm like, well, come on now, you know? And, and so, but then I thought, okay, I'll take it down. So after the session, I took it down. You wouldn't believe the string of clients I had after that saying, thank God that picture's gone. <laughs> right? They were all like, Oh my gosh, you finally got rid of that picture. Thank you. You know, it, it was unbelievable. They just, they, they didn't feel comfortable enough maybe or whatever to say it, but lots of my clients were super relieved that that picture was gone. That was also kind of a <laughs> <an> interesting <laughs> moment in therapy where something I thought was really great for one reason, didn't come across to my clients the same way.
0: So, you said your thing is trauma. Um, my corresponding thing is anxiety. So right. I treat a lot of anxiety. Um, and when you treat anxiety, a big part of what you do is what are called exposures. So, if you've got a dog phobia, right, if you're excessively afraid of dogs. Right. The, the treatment is basically you need to expose yourself to dogs and learn, let yourself learn that dogs are not actually dangerous. Um, so you need to get progressively closer and closer to dogs without kind of running away or trying to distract yourself or something like that. Right. Um, and this applies to basically anything someone could be irrationally afraid of, whether it's heights or enclosed spaces or panic attacks or painful memories or whatever it is. Um, you you kind of got to face your fears. Like that's, that's sort of the, um, that's the nut of it all. So anyway, I, um, sometimes the exposures I have to do with clients involve leaving the therapy office. Um, this is particularly true with driving phobias. Right. Right. So people who are afraid of driving. So sometimes I will go out driving with my clients. Sure. Um, especially if they have the particular fear of they're afraid of driving with other people in the car. Mm-hmm. Like because they'll do something dangerous and endanger not only themselves but someone else. Right. Right. Um, So sometimes I'll just have clients kind of drive me around. Um, Run your errands? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, dry cleaning. It can't (laughs) hurt, right? Two birds with one stone. (laughs) Uh, Board of Ethics, if you're listening to Uh, this, just forget about joke. It was a joke. Total joke. (laughs) I don't have my clients pick up my dry cleaning. (laughs) Bad joke. Sorry. (laughs) Um, So I had this client who had a kind of a combination driving phobia, but also a lot of social anxiety. Mm -hmm. a, A lot of fear of like... People other judging people them. were yeah judging yeah. them, looking at them, and judging them, and so we did. Speaking of two bricks of one stone, we did kind of a combination exposure. I, I thought I was being very creative, and I came up with this idea of, you know, we're, we're going to go drive around a little bit, just kind of down the street, and we'll go um, in and around some parking lots, and so he'll have to drive me, you know, which is gets at the the fear of driving part. But then I added this other wrinkle to the to the experiment, which was he also has to wave at strangers. Okay. So we'd, we'd like pull into a gas station and I'd have him pull up to someone who was just standing by their car pumping gas and he'd have to like reach out the window and just smile and wave at them. Right. And then they'd acknowledge him and he'd just have to keep it. He'd have to feel awkward. Yeah, you would yeah. have to feel awkward basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did this for about um, 20 minutes. We were kind of driving around and towards the end we, uh, we pull into a gas station and he's, at this point he's actually, um, he's getting kind of into it like he's he's kind of getting over some of the initial fear and he's getting a little enthusiastic about it like he's really yeah. waving at people. His tolerance is increasing yeah tolerance is increasing um and he we uh, pull up to this gas station and there's a um what looks like a homeless gentleman sitting out on the curb and my client waves to him with this big smile and grin on his face and this guy jumps up starts shouting profanities as loudly as he can and starts charging us (laughs) in the car. (laughs) Perfect. So my client exclaims this loud, Oh my God. Right. And quickly like peels out of the parking lot and we head back to the (laughs) therapy. (laughs) So that was an uh, unintended side effect of,
1: you know, and, and sometimes those, you know, impromptu kind of things that come up are so helpful. Because even processing those can be super helpful. Yeah. We had a uh, a client with a dog phobia was being treated in a training clinic. And the supervisor had brought his dog to the office, just happened to bring his dog, which he did kind of regularly. And when this client was leaving the session, uh, the supervisor just happened to be walking out of his office at the same time. And his little dog ran up to this patient and jumped on them, you know. And it was a little dog and it was terrifying for the patient and it was totally unplanned and we apologized profusely for that. And um, But it, it ended up being like a really therapeutic moment for that client mm-hmm. to process and say, wow, that was unexpected and it was scary and nothing bad happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't in danger. So while hilarious, <laughs> it sounds like you enjoy putting your clients in danger.
0: Perceived danger. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, there, there's. I think there's many a time in therapy that things go wrong, um, in an interesting way,
0: or at least not according to plan.
1: Definitely not according to plan when you drop an entire soda in your lap.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
1: you're sitting there holding the lid, staring at your client as they laugh. Yeah.
0: All right. So as we have more embarrassing things happen, we'll be sure to keep we'll catch you up. Posted. Yeah,
1: yeah. I need to. I need to hear more of these. I missed the couch when I sat down. <laughs> well, you were never going to tell me about that, huh?
0: Only two people alive <laughs> know about this. And the people who listen to this podcast. All three of them. <laughs> All dead. <ten. laughs> yeah. <laughs>